Elevation Print and Sign, good to see you. John Mug, glad that you're here. Uh, anybody else who's just tuning in, throw me a what's up in the chat. Uh, in the meantime, let's get started with our movie quote of the day, or a movie quote of the Wednesday, or just my movie quote. So what's going to happen is I'm going to read this movie quote off to you. The first person to tell me what movie it's from in the chat box, uh, I will follow you on Instagram. And I will also shout your Instagram on this feed. So it's a win-win. So here we go. Uh, let me get into character here. Your boy's not an actor, so bear with me. I'm about to do my movie quote of the day. If you're just tuning in, make sure to listen to the movie quote. And then if you know the movie, name it in the chat as soon as you know it so that I can send the winner. I'll follow on Instagram. Here we go. I don't know. It's just you know, when you buy furniture, you tell yourself, that's it. That's the last sofa I'm going to need. Whatever else happens, I got that sofa problem handled. I had it all. I had a stereo that was very decent, a wardrobe that was getting very respectable. I was close to being complete. Shit, man, now it's all gone. All gone. All gone. Okay, and one more time, guys. Actually, no, I'm not going to do that again because somebody already goddamn got it. Pete Nielsen, Pete Nielsen, Pete Nielsen. Dude, you are on the ball. I thought that that was a very arbitrary scene in Fight Club. Apparently not. Did you guys Google it? Lino codes. <laughs> no, it's not super bad. It's definitely not super bad. All right, Pete Nielsen. Uh, let me know what your Instagram is in the uh, chat feed right now so that I can shout it out on this bad boy and so on and so forth. While you're doing that, Let's go ahead and roll that motherfucking intro. Whoa, 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 what's going on, my print family? If this is your first time in the live feed, my name is Cam. I'm the owner of Monument Limited. We're a print shop in Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, in this feed, we talk about screen printing news, we talk about screen printer shops news, and then we do a little coverage of a business topic that I want to talk about. And then at the end of all that, I answer your questions that you submit in the live chat. So it's a very interactive live feed. I love doing them. This is actually what I look forward to every week at this point. So anyone who's just tuning in, thank you so much it means the world to me that you're taking a little piece of time out of your day to listen to my goofy ass ramble for 30 minutes to an hour or so so thank you so much uh my man pete nilson just uh i did my movie quote before we went live and my dude pete nilson was tuned in listening strong and he nailed the movie quote it was from fight club so i'm about to shout out his instagram uh page which will be at Dirthead Farms. One more time on Instagram at D I R T H E A D F A R M S at Dirthead Farms on Instagram. And while you guys head over there and follow him, I am also going to head over there and follow him right now. Okay, I'm going to run me a little search action. And if you're listening on iTunes, guys, I'm just taking a second to let everybody tune in and then we'll actually start the show. Uh, while I'm doing that, I'm looking for uh, Dirthead Farms. 
on Instagram. And I can't spell Durhead. Yeah, I, I called him Durhead. Dirthead Farms, which is my man Pete Nielsen. Pete, I am officially following you. Uh, you guys, you probably can't see this, but this is his Instagram feed, Racha. Looks like my man is a screen printer. Ten minutes until... What else you got going on, Pete? Looks like you do a little bit of live stuff. Definitely a nature man. So Pete Nelson's a bit of a, a, a renaissance man, as it, it seems. Almost looks like he does farm. All right, man. This is a good profile, bro. Actually, I'm happy to follow this. So one of my things with Instagram is I like to follow really interesting feeds. And my dude's into some interesting stuff. So everybody head on over to Dirthead Farms on Instagram and follow my dude Pete Nielsen because he got the movie quote. One of his favorite scenes in Fight Club. All right, all right, all right. It's time to get started. Uh, before I get started on the thing, I'm going to just head over to the chat window and say what's up to everybody who actually tuned in. I appreciate you for being here. Let's start at the top. Elevated print and sign. Thanks for joining, my friend. John Mug, Pete Nelson, thank you. Martin Walsh. Gosh darn it. I got I got lost. Martin Walsh. Uh, Lino Koto on YouTube. Uh, Anastasia L, long time no see, haven't seen you in a while. Flex McKenzie, what's up, my man? Yep, Rick is back in the game. I actually shortened my hair up, so I'm looking more like my man. One of the best characters of all time. Rye Beats, what's up? Humankind screen printing scale model building. How are you? I think this is your first time here. Thank you for joining. Uh, Ethos Mariposa, what's going on? Sean Brown, what's good, my friend? Uh, Chris Sabalos. Everybody is here. I'm happy. I'm excited. Let's start this sucker off with a bang. Okay. Show. As I told you guys last week, I'm going to start acquiring my news in a new, more interactive, more fun way that brings you, the viewers, into the show. I'm doing that by having you head over to Instagram and following me at Cam Irvin. Once you followed me, you direct message me the news about your shop, and then I'm going to read that news on this live feed. Didn't get a lot of submittals, got a few, some were more interesting than others, but I did get one that it was he did it right for the most part, so we're going to give you this person's news. So, in screen printing news today, uh, Jason Del Fosse a.k.a. Alan Defy, a.k.a. Print Noob, my words, not his, has officially, officially completed his first single color screen print job. So this is his first job that he actually got paid for. So let's everybody just give him a round of applause. Good job, Pete, a.k.a. Alan Defy, a.k.a. Print Noob. Uh, I did want to shout his Instagram out as well. Let me go find that real quick before we get started. I'm really bad with Instagram, so you guys are gonna have to bear with me. Bear with me. Ma, 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 bear. Um, okay, so I'm gonna spell this out. It's at Jason Del Fosse 1. Jason, J A S O N D E L F O S S E 1 on Instagram. So head over and follow him. Anyway, he's finished his first job, so I'm excited for him. You guys should also be excited for him. Give him a thumbs up. Um, he hasn't officially picked a shop name, so he's just getting his feet wet in, wet in this whole thing. 
Uh, but as of right now, he's been running with the name Zephyr. I think it's actually it's Zephyr Media. Z-A-P-H-E-R Media. And he's thinking he's probably going to stick with that. I like it. I'm not, I don't think I know how to say it, which is problematic, but I like it. And let's give you a little bit of background on the man. So, he started customizing shirts with heat-pressed vinyl. And probably just like all of you, three days into his first 15-shirt run, he realized how much of a pain of an era, just a pain in the ass it was. So he was started looking for ways to produce customized garments faster for his clients, and he found screen printing. So he bought a four-color, a little probably a tabletop press, and he officially did his first job this last week. And he did 10 shirts, and he was able to do them in 20 minutes. So he's starting to figure it out. And I and I and he actually he uh dm'd me a photograph of the print he did they look clean it was white ink on a black shirt looked good very proud of him welcome to the industry my friend you're just getting started but uh hopefully you enjoy the journey as much as i have uh the next thing he wants to do is just start getting his web presence together he said he's really trying to tie it all up and just get everything looking cohesive so that he comes correct comes out the gate hard when he actually starts marketing on social and on the web and all that so that is my news for the day, guys. Short, sweet, and to the point. Thank you, Jason, for actually submitting your shop news on Instagram. You guys follow suit. Do the exact same thing that Jason did because it's sweet and it keeps us all involved. It keeps us all interested in what each other are doing. And maybe it can kind of uh, uh, lighten the competitive part of our industry and maybe make it to where we're all a little bit more supportive and i'm glad to support you guys by sharing what you got going on in your shop so follow me on instagram at cam Irvin. follow me on twitter at cam Irvin. make sure to subscribe to this channel like this feed like every single video that i've uploaded up to this point and everybody uh if you haven't had a chance to watch my vlogs yet i know a lot of you that are here have uh I need to get the views up on those as a whole because I'm planning on starting a daily vlog next month. But, you know, I was they take so much work and the amount of views I was getting made it kind of like not really worth the effort. It was fun and I enjoyed it. But what I want you guys to do is go binge watch, go binge watch those suckers from start to finish. it would be a huge help for me. It'll, it'll keep me moving. And then as I start posting daily next month, make sure to tune in and watch every vlog. I like to binge watch, so I would understand if you wait till the end of the month so that you can watch them all at once. That would be cool too, but however you do it, make sure to watch my vlogs, people. The vlog watches, the vlog view views are the most important because they're the most time-consuming. All right, guys. Uh, we're going to move on to the business topic of the day. Now... I've covered. I've been covering quite a few of these things. Oh yeah, one more thing before I do that though. Head over to uh, iTunes and subscribe to the Print Life podcast. Uh, that's actually been. I was surprised this last week. We got a lot of listens, and then I went and checked the thing, but we got no reviews. We got no stars. So if you have been listening to it, throw me those reviews. Throw me those five stars so that so that uh, iTunes actually recognizes it and starts putting it on the new and no, or the new and noteworthy feature page and the only way that happens is with subscribers with downloads and uh with reviews so i need that stuff from you guys on itunes but it's still doing well surprisingly well i didn't think it would do that uh well we're on to the, the business topic of today this topic was also recommended from somebody on instagram follow this person at 
Yelsa underscore 97. I'm going to spell that out. That's Y-E-L-S-H-A underscore 97 on Instagram. Yelsa's from the UK, probably in the London area, if I had to guess. Probably not. I just look for any excuse to do a shitty British accent. Uh, And what he wanted me to talk about was the importance of branding in the screen printing business. So I'm going to do my best to talk about this. I'm really riffing. I did a few notes over here, uh, but it's going to be a little hard to stay on topic only because this is an extremely like actually you can do you can write a whole book on the subject. So I'm going to do my best to cover it um, and just try to maybe provide some insight to you guys. Uh, But before I actually get started on that, I'm just going to head back over to the chat and say what's up to anybody who just tuned in. Um, let me see where we ended up last time, guys. Uh, if you're just tuning in, I'm just saying what's up. Chris Sabalos, how are you? Pathos Screen Printing, what up, what up? Uh, Icon Print Studio, how are you guys? Daniel Meza, I think I said hey to you earlier. T. Crossano one how are you? Uh, Flex, Sean, nice to see you. I said hi to you earlier, but all right, guys. Let's get into the importance of branding in the screen printing industry. So I'm going to try to talk about this to the best of my ability. But again, like I said earlier, there's entire books written about it. So I'll do the best. So there's a, there's a very high likeliness that all of you listening, uh, Chris Andrews, what's up, my friend? Uh, all of you that are listening more than likely have a design background like myself. And you probably put your brand, your shop's brand identity together all by your lonesome just like I did in the beginning, just like I do now. Uh, and you're, you're probably pretty proud of it in very likely situation that you think you nailed it. But the reality is you probably didn't. And the reason I say that is because I remember when I took a hard evaluation of my business at the beginning of this year, and I really looked at it. I realized just how shitty my branding was. And, uh, it actually really got me thinking, how am I going to make this better? What what can I do to to tell my story, to tell my shop story of what it's about? I still haven't figured it out. So take everything that I say with a grain of salt. These are just my opinions and what I've the conclusions I've come to and what I'm starting to try to implement in our shop. Um, but what a good brand is, is an identity. And this identity that you create just helps you tell your story. It tells the story of your business. uh, And these stories are extremely, extremely competitive. A concise, well-branded story will do wonders in this extremely competitive market of screen printing in particular, but in any business. You know, this doesn't just apply to screen printing, but it's exceptionally important in the screen printing market because you have... 10 different competitors in a five mile radius in any given major city. You know, the competition's fierce. So your story, your brand, it is of the utmost importance because it's what makes you miserable or um, <laughs> visible and memorable to potential clients. Uh, I need to turn this thing off, man, because I'm watching people tune into the stream and it distracts the shit out of me. All right. Uh, so... With that in mind, how do you go about sharing your story efficiently? All right. I mean, 
you need a, a visual and written way to share your story in the most concise, most efficient way possible, right? And we know that we need to do this, but here's the problem. Putting together a brand identity is just, just not, it's not an easy thing. It takes thought. It takes deep it takes really diving into what your core values are, what you find most important in your business and in your life, and then trying to put that into a – to display it both visually and in written word and audibly, right? And sometimes nowadays with video and shit like that. So I'm personally still working on that project just as much as all of you guys are. Uh, <laughs> Elevation print. My, my phone just dinged and I heard it and he just said that was probably him following me on Twitter. Thank you for at least following me. Guys, also follow me on Twitter, MonumentLTD.com or Cam Irvin, either one of them. Uh, but uh, we just have to find a way to visually represent our brand, okay? And the thing about a brand, and I think that this is where I did this in the beginning as well, uh, we get so tied up in the the appearance of it, right? Um, which is important. We get tied up in the colors that we choose, the logo we design, and all of these kind of things. Uh, and that simple notion, it's important, but it's not what truly creates a, a powerhouse of a brand. It, that doesn't create Coca-Cola, okay? That creates the kind of company that's left on the sidelines just kind of chasing after the scraps that these big, well-branded corporations leave behind. That's what a, a poorly branded company does. A well-branded company that tells their story sh with a great mission statement quickly, concisely, and to the point, they become the powerhouses that own market shares. Okay, The poorly branded things are the rest of us that, that work in the neighborhood and do neighborhood-wide business. And this, I actually just came to realize this this year, and I'm really truly understanding how important it is now, and I'm diving in to really try to figure it out. So here's what I've come to the conclusion of. Um, we're going to start with the obvious, right? Got to get our colors down. Get our color our color palette down. I did this with these videos, as a matter of fact. I did a color a couple different color options in one of my vlogs. I showed people how I was redesigning the site, and then I asked y'all what color you liked better, and then you guys told me, and then I ran with the majority vote on that. That helped me just get a general consensus, and then it helped me figure out what way to run. And once we have our colors, then we're going to get our logo and all that kind of stuff done. This is all the basic shit. Most of us can do this to some degree if we take a week out of our – a week of time – a week from our busy lives and actually dive into getting our brand imaging lined out. It's the easy part though, right? Next thing we have to do, and this is really where your story come, comes from, is creating like uh, I guess a culture – around your 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 company your shop your business you create this culture that the employees or the people that work with you live by and that you live by and what that does is like solidifies what you're trying to do as a company it's like for instance a culture thing may be that first off it's important that everybody loves doing their job right or loves to come to work and uh, the people that love coming to work, their priorities are set around 
the guys out in the shop who typically don't give a fuck. But if you can find people and create a culture where they care about the stuff they produce and it matters if it has a soft hand and a, and a everything is printed straight and the pinholes are zero and there's no – everything is perfectly lined up. If you could create that kind of culture where the people out there care about it. You're already on your way to creating a brand because that culture will breed so much more. That culture will uh, breed quality and with quality becomes a brand, right? And now you can tell people with 100% confidence, not crappy, cheap sales copy that your quality is up because the people in your organization care about that quality and everybody takes it seriously. Um I'm reading my notes because I'm falling a little off topic here. Um, and that's really that's really what it comes down to is the culture. Once your culture is lined out, then you can start creating like your the you already have your mission statement, of course, but you can now take those and create the copy. And this is where I'm at right now, just trying to figure out what we're trying to say. Right. And, and, and I haven't completely come to the conclusion yet, but uh, I'm feeling good about it. Let me say hi to everybody. What's up, guys? Uh, Chris, hello. Shanties, what's up? Shane, Shane. Uh, no. Hey, what's up? Donnie Michael. Made it last minute, dude. Glad you're here. Thanks for tuning in. You're going to have to rewatch it, though, because we've already covered quite a bit of stuff. But yeah, um, once you have all that stuff lined out, now you're going to start writing your copy, right? And your copy is like that little that little line, like we print t-shirts or um, we print shirts that matter. Or, or I'm trying to think of some of the other the big brands like Coke and what their shit is. I can't think of them at the moment. Or, But, you, you know, those little taglines that really truly define what your brand is, those are the things that you need to build. And once you have that, in my personal opinion, now you're done. Now you've created a brand that can have impact because you're selling more than just a service or a product. Apple is not Apple because of their products. They're Apple because of the lifestyle they created around their product. Apple is a way of being. It's an, it's like a, a minimalist idea behind technology and, and how we interact with the world. That's how ha Apple is so big. Uh, as opposed to Coke, which was just which was just like a classic brand, Pepsi created almost a party environment around it. And Mountain Dew, they they they're the party. They bring the party to wherever you're at by drinking that or utilizing that brand. This is what branding does. And one thing that I have noticed without a shadow of a fucking doubt is the screen printers as a whole, myself included, we don't brand our companies for shit. We're horrible at it. I mean, I and don't get me wrong. I look at the competition every day. I scour websites, uh, and again, I'm guilty of this as well. But we just—it's probably because of our budgets. But we just don't. No one has really gone out and just created the brand. Custom Ink has done has gotten. They're the only ones to do it so far. So Custom Ink has blanketed it. They are now considered the screen printing company. Their name is terrible. It could just as easily be a tattoo shop as it is a print shop but whatever that's just me putting out an opinion on the matter but no one's done it or very few people are doing it and this is where we need to to dive in so i'm very glad that yelsa uh, brought this question up so the question is what do we do um and this is what i do want to do i'm going to throw this out here 
this is just a side note because I'm going to throw it out here, but this is only an opinion. It's not gospel, so don't listen to it that way. But I think a lot of people are going, oh, okay, well, we already have a tagline. We, we like to tell everybody that we have 35 years of experience in the industry or, oh, we provide the highest quality uh, in the area, blah, 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 blah. All of those kind of dog shit taglines do not sell lifestyle and they are just old school bullshit. In my opinion, that kind, that way of thinking is the old school lies about it in business for you know the business lies of been in business for fifty years, blah blah blah. No one buys it. People, you gotta put up nowadays. Whatever you say doesn't really matter. So it's more important to sell what you what matters to you, not what you can do, because no one buys that shit, right? People judge what you can do based on your reviews and all that shit. The world has changed. Now you just tell them what you care about, and that will help you build your brand. Uh, and then once you've kind of like actually figured it out, right? You you have an idea of what your culture is, and you've been able to whittle it down into like a line or two that really tells you what it's about. Um, now you've built what some would call a distinguishable identity, a brand identity. You you can you literally can take uh, an eight and a half by eleven sheet of paper and represent your entire company on that with 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 colors, with a few short taglines, uh, with a few images. You can just represent everything that you are. And if you've done it right, it distinguishes you from an entire industry, not just from your the, your local competitors but nationally this is what you need to shoot towards run a search on on any of your competition's websites and just and you'll see exactly what the fuck i'm saying man the branding it's shit it's shit it's shit i'm working on it i still hate my logo still hate some of the things to do can't write copy for shit i misspell everything so that's a problem but but we're getting there but look at any of our, and we're a small business but look at our site and then compare it to any of the competitors websites it's fucking crazy so we all need to start taking this branding thing a lot more seriously because it really is the most important thing. It's the most important thing. And that was the ultimate question to, to, to really tell you guys the importance of branding in the screen printing industry. And in my personal opinion, it's the most important thing. Actually, in front of producing a quality product and uh, producing a product on time and it providing great customer service your brand will make you memorable and maybe you are your brand i think a lot of people fall short with that people in today's society are terrified to put themselves out there and uh make themselves sell themselves as a as uh, the face of their brand to some degree and i think that that's something that uh, everybody needs to change their minds about i know i have i've been doing it actively for the past year but you are your brand, and for the most part, people come to your business for you, not even for the, for the results you produce. So everybody needs to really grab a hold of the idea that uh, you are your brand and you need to sell yourself. You need to be at the forefront of all of it. Um, and once you've done all that, though, you, you will find, I think, I hope, this is what I'm trying to do now. I'm testing it as we speak. But I do see these the proof is in the pudding that when you have it all kind of lined out, I'm just missing my tagline. I'm missing my thing, my, my descriptive thing. But once I have that, I truly believe that 
marketing, everything, all of your marketing material will be easier. Whether you're doing an ad on Facebook, an ad on Google, uh, whether you're doing promotional flyers or you're doing a sponsorship, when you have all that lined out, promoting your company will be easier, it will be more efficient, and you will get more motherfucking business. And that's the point of all of this, right? Get more business, make more money, make more money easier, and then uh, retire comfortably sitting on your ass sipping piña coladas on the coast of Mexico. That's where I'm going anyway. But that's it, guys. That was my business topic of the day. It's a little all over the place. My note, I didn't take a whole lot of time to write it down. I was just kind of riffing off of like a few bullet points. But thanks for listening. So now what we want to do, guys, is start uh, submitting your questions in the chat right now. Uh, if you don't have any questions or if they don't start flowing through pretty quickly, then we'll just call this one, we'll call this a short live feed. But more than likely, uh, oh yeah, while I'm waiting for that, there were a few questions on my uh, YouTube channel. So if you're listening, not watching, what I am doing now is going to this um, YouTube studio and I'm looking for questions that were left in the comments of videos because I've decided to start addressing these on the live feed as well. So you guys start throwing me your your stuff. Start throwing me your questions. And I'm going to answer a few here. Um, well, we did get a shout out from... Um, this is This is from... Advanced Screen Print and Supply, they're our local supplier, uh, Becky, who is kind of their marketing guru. She just said, the best way for suppliers in the industry to help understand customers more by watching the Print Life YouTube channel. And then she gives us a thumbs up. So thanks for the shout out, Becky. That's amazing. Uh, a lot of people just tell us that the, my tutorials are funny, which, you know, I tried really hard to make them funny. Um, I saw some shit here, but now I'm like not seeing them. Okay, so this is from Greer Marshall on YouTube. Here's his here's his statement and question. Cam, I've been printing shirts low key for a few. Now I'm trying to take my small business live and get more business. Can you suggest the best resource for website? themes, templates, with an online designer and e-commerce without spending a grip. Did you use WordPress to build your website? I did use WordPress. I freaking adore WordPress. It's an amazing site, but it does come with its its shortcomings, especially in like um, just in any kind of shopping cart, web shopping solution it's not ideal for that it was built for making posts and blogging and stuff but i used it because of its incredible seo features and how good and just the, the huge community uh wordpress can be as cheap or expensive as you want it to be i mean we're fucking twenty five thousand dollars deep on our site and it's it's a total shit show but you can get a wordpress install going on you can get um a theme going you can get a whole you can get a whole thing going for a thousand bucks man you can get good hosting on a good platform that has dedicated work that's like got hosting 
built for WordPress, so it runs fast. You can do all this stuff for thousand bucks, man, and I'll end paying maybe thirty dollars a month in hosting. So it's cheap, it's affordable, and I definitely think WordPress is the way to go. If you're looking for a great theme, head to themeforest.com and you'll see all of these themes now have visual page builders. They have everything you need to create an incredible website for next to nothing. Now, if a thousand bucks is expensive to you, uh, I get it, I understand, but start saving because to have a good site, you're gonna, you need to. It's gonna cost you a little bit of money unless you know how to code, unless you can do it yourself. If you could figure it all out yourself and you can install WordPress on your hosting platform, which I did, and you can install the theme on your on your platform, which I did, and you can create all the content on your platform, which I did, you could save a lot of money and you can get started for a couple hundred bucks in that case. But definitely WordPress. Another really easy solution, and I just started a clothing brand with a partner called aukulife.com and instead of using WordPress for that we just went with Shopify because Shopify is plug and play they got decent SEO programs and uh, it's like 39 bucks a month and you just set it and forget it it gives you reminders of holidays it helps you build email lists Shopify is a really great option if you're just starting out if you're trying to really customize something there's also the deco network and then there's also a printabo for shop management you got a lot of options man so just just keep it going, man. You you can figure it out. I promise you. Um, let me head down here a little further. Uh, this is about last time when I was talking about what automatic I would consider getting, and this is from JCS. He says, "Dude, go to Rock Route. The rental is pain free." Well, we definitely wouldn't rent it. I talked to them a little bit about those programs. Actually, I might because it is kind of a a depreciating asset I'll talk to an, um, a CPA about that and really figure it out and then once I talk to my CPA and ask them the best route to go I'll let you guys know if, if renting leasing versus taking out loans and buying what the best option is because I do know that printing presses are depreciating assets much like a car they're not they're not assets that gain value over time and in most situations when you have a depreciating asset like a car or a piece of equipment it is wiser to lease it as long as you can turn it back in at the end of the lease than it is to buy it. Problem is, a lot of like these um, financing companies for this equipment, they say that they're leasing offices, but at the end of it, you own the press. And a lot of times you have to do a payoff. It's just a high interest loan. Even though they like to call it a lease, it's a high interest loan, which ain't okay. That's, that's not going to work. To lease it, you have to be, maybe they limit the impressions or something like that that you can do per year, but at the end of the lease, you need to be able to turn it back in. Then, and only then, is it probably a pretty good way to go, but you have to really dive in to see if, if that is the case, which I don't think it is for many of the presses. You, you have to do a payout at the end of it, or it's just a high interest loan. Just be very careful if you're, you're looking into it. Um... Still reading comments, guys. Uh, Bigfoot Sam. This was from something a while ago. We were talking about direct-to-garment printers, and he says he has one, and it was the greatest thing since sliced bread. Now it's a $15,000 paperweight. Yeah, that's what I've heard. They're not there yet. And they also just have a hard time printing like good blues and reds and purples. They're very muted out, but they're incredible for printing photographs on T-shirts quickly. 
if you did okay i am king beats said if you did vlogs based on designs you would get a lot more views even doing a couple vids on how to do certain things in adobe would bring lots of hits i've been doing all that so somebody's clearly not actually looking at my channel that offends me i i get offended when people leave comments but they have they've only watched like one video i find that a little bit offensive all right so i've, I've ran through a few of those let's head back to the chat and start seeing if anyone submitted questions uh flex mckenzie can you do a video on printing white ink on black shirts i'm gonna do a much bigger video than that i haven't been making videos yet but i'll probably do that as part of my daily vlog thing sometimes i'll do just tutorials instead of vlogs but i'm gonna do a video on not only on white ink but i'm gonna compare four different brands of white ink and how they look on a black shirt with the how-to on how to print them so it'll be a double feature double whammy kick-ass tutorial that's what i'm gonna do for you that's actually one of the main things i have in my to do for video lists uh for tutorials glad that everybody made it in uh, if you're just tuning in welcome uh, my name is cam this is the print life and we're just doing the q a portion so start submitting your questions through the live chat so i can read them and answer them to the best of my ability uh John Mug, I have a question regarding live screen printing. As I have an event coming up at a trade show, do you have any pointers? Uh, yeah, it's fun. Pointers, no, man. I, I'm like super tight-lipped about the live screen printing thing because the market's, everyone's snatching up them, them gigs, dude. And there's not a lot of them to go around. But it is a lot of fun, and I think you'll really enjoy it. Um, take lots of paper towels. And don't get anything on the carpet. Because the trade shows will make you pay for it. Uh, question. Uh, question. I'm about to secure a print job that consists of a full zip fleece jacket. Do I really need to get a specific platen for the zipper or can I get away with the normal platen? Uh, you won't. No, nah, you won't be able to print it on a normal platen. You can do things though. Like you can take cardboard and create a channel just by putting cardboard layers on, on it, right? But if the zipper is above that, dude, you'll never, you won't be able to print it the zipper raises up too high uh you'll have a huge deposit of ink down the zipper area and then you'll be barely get a print on the side it'll be a mess dude you gotta have the channel on, on a zip we pretty much hate them. we don't even like to do them we do do them but it's horrible oh on a left chest print you should be good he says it's a left chest print no you should be good you what you actually do what we have found is the easiest way is here's your palette you know how you normally load your thing on the thing right and you'll have your left chest over here right so that everything's lined up if you shift it to where the zipper is hanging off the side of the palette and then you put your artwork over here then you can print it and the zipper won't get in the way and everything is still laying flat and flush it's one it's a quick way around it hopefully that i think that made sense hopefully i explained it properly um humankind Humankind screen printing, scale model building. What is your first words of wisdom to a t-shirt first-time business owner from home? Enjoy the ride, dude, because it's a lot of fun. It's super infuriating, and sometimes you won't know which way to go. This is the thing about screen printing. The cost of entry is super low, uh, so a lot of people start them, but very few people can stick with it long-term. Most people snatch up a few jobs uh, between their day between their day gigs, which is a which is awesome because it gives you extra money and and for a lot of people that's all they need. If you're planning on scaling it big time, though, uh, start thinking about your website. Start thinking about uh, 
how you're going to market on a massive scale and how you're going to stand out from uh, the 20 other shops that are in a five mile radius of your shop or your home. Cause that's literally the kind of shit you're dealing with. It's like a car lot, dude. But imagine being a car lot and they're all Honda car lots and they're all like a few miles away from each other. Most places you go to a car area and there's one Honda, one Toyota, one Nissan, and it's based on preference in the screen printing world. It's a bunch of fucking Honda dealerships within a five mile radius. It's hard, but it's fun and you'll love it. And if you're just doing it as a thing to, to supplement your income, you're going to make, it's going to help you a fucking ton, dude. You'll love it. You will love it. Um, that was negative i feel like that wasn't very uh that was i wasn't bringing you into the industry so let me let me go backwards on that uh focus on the quality for now dude don't worry about getting employees focus on the quality of the print and just making every customer feel super goddamn special man like it's better in the beginning to just have one customer and you can give them all your attention and focus all your effort on just them uh as you get better at it, you can bring on another customer and you'll learn how to juggle, right? And juggling is the trick. Of, it's the trick of this game from the customer service perspective. But you're juggling times and it's hard and it's fun and I love it. But that's going to be the game, man. Just lo learn how to handle customers and, and figure out exactly what they want. You, you, you will probably find that they're actually price isn't as important when they like you. That is actually a truth. And this is what happens when you try to scale and become bigger because then price is all that matters because you're not selling yourself, you're selling your business. But in the beginning, you get customers because they like who you are as a person. And your prices don't even have to be that great. If you instill confidence in them and they like you, they'll, they'll, they'll work with you. Okay, when doing, this is from Icon Print Studio. When doing multicolor print, should I add a top coat white screen? Or is the white from the underbase enough? That's actually one of those things that that uh, class that distinguishes a good shop from a crappy shop. Uh, we, you offer the customer the option, and you, but the white overprint is the proper quality way to do it. So you're, if you're, you can still be a good shop and just say, hey, we'll just double hit this white for you, and we'll save you a color. But if the client wants the ultimate in quality over color, then you do your base single hit. And then you print all of your overcolors, including the white, as a, as, as a color. So it adds more to the cost, but it is the proper way to print, uh, to do a double hit white. Single color white base, and then just the white that is exposed on a second screen. That's the proper way to do it. That also keeps the hand much thinner. So it's got a much lighter hand to it. But again, you got to give the customer the option and explain what the differences are. But uh, and we 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 offer it either way. We offer a base under base, uh, a double hit, or we offer to do another screen for the white overprint. I just lost my place. Gosh, damn it! Do you use Separation Studio? Okay, this is from Digitech three three seven. Do you use Separation Studio? Why or why not? We don't, but I want to. Uh, I've, I've explained this in the past of other live feeds, but I believe that Separation Studio is the best, has the most trainable format. And again, when it comes to building a business, it's different than doing it for yourself. When you're doing it for yourself, you could just learn the ins and outs of the software, and you're not really worried about training somebody on how to do it. But when you are a business that's going to be hiring and firing and replacing people, trainability and ease of use is extremely fucking important. 
and Separation Studio has that in spades. On the flip side of that, I haven't tested it, so I can't speak from experience, but they've made it just to where it's kind of like this a package deal. They give you a set of inks that work with the Separation Studio. You can replace those colors, but they give you like this baseline that you can work from, which is much more trainable. So it depends on where you're at, but I can just tell you from my experience so far that if if you're going to be hiring and bringing new people in that are inexperienced or that have different experiences from different worlds, that that ease of the easy intuitive software like Separation Studio is a motherfucking winner. Faux show. I need them to start. Dude, when my channel gets bigger, I'm going to start asking them to cut me checks. But as of right now, I'm just saying it because, yeah, I think it's better. Oh, my microphone, dude. Car, what's up, dude? That's my neighbor up thing here. It's the Audio Technica AT205 USB microphone. It's a USB mic and an XLR mic, so you can choose. So I bought this because I could start with it this way, and then when I bring a mixer in as this thing gets bigger, then I can get the better audio quality going through it. Uh, Sean Brown, bitnap, bitmap versus vector. Vector every fucking time. Vector, 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 vector. Uh, how do factor cost and translate? And then he says, how do factor cost and translate to the client so that you're not getting ripped off or wasting your time? Clients don't understand, dude. Like, I know what you're saying, and I feel I feel your pain. Um, the thing is, is that clients don't care, and we're in a world now where top quality is expected along with great price. It's it's becoming more and more expected. Thank you, Amazon. Thank you, Walmart. Thank you, uh, uh, George Brazil in the in the plumbing world. Thank you. People expect cheap, high quality, like ridiculously fast, and there, and it's just getting to a point where there's really no way around it. But 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 one of the great things that people have found and that we I I employed this a lot in the beginning is uh to set set appointments when the guys are going to be setting up or when you're setting up and have them follow you as you're working through it put a video on your website of the entire setup process so that they understand i never did that one but that that will help you that's a good idea as i'm saying it i'm like i am going to do that but do a video showing the process uh and then like you can even tell this took this long this took this long so that they understand what goes into the actual what what you do before you pull that squeegee um, as far as how to factor costs, man, like you got to get QuickBooks or, or zero and you really, you need to understand what your monthly expenses are, what your operational costs are. You need to have a strong grasp, like a strong yearly average of what you're spending on supplies, what you're spending on garments. You need to have that data. So it takes a year or two to gather that data to truly to truly, truly, truly know what your costs are. Until then, you're fucking winging it, dude. You're winging it. Because the screen printing game is it's very different. You know, each there's brackets based on quantities, and then there's different factors like your profit margins based on quantity. It's really hard to do, and I'm not a professional accountant, so I've just been taking the data as I get it, uh, getting a, a big picture, and then I define my costs based on that. But right now, we are priced... Our costs are priced at a loss, and we're priced at a loss right now to scale. Uh, I've set up a situation where if I wanted to, this is the scary thing, if I wanted to, I could drop our prices, I could literally destroy the pricing in the market and still survive, wouldn't be profitable big time, but 
uh, we, I could survive infin infinitely making like zero dollars. And uh, I'm not going to do that, but I could. And the idea is that you, you keep your costs low and you understand what your expenses are. And if you truly understand them, then you know what you can operate at. And that's how you that's how you build your cost, dude. It takes time. And again, I'm not a professional accountant. I, I do it all off intuition. But I'm I'm actually really, really, really starting to get into the financial part of it. I'm starting to like it. I thrive on it. At first, when I was running the business and doing my thing, I fucking hated dealing with it. But now I'm starting to like research the numbers. I'm starting to understand how it all works. And I'm starting to see the bigger picture. If any of you have ever played uh, SimCity or anything like that where you build and it costs money and you're losing and then slowly it starts to tick upward, like life and business works, I shit you not, exactly the same way. The only thing is that you have to manage attitudes as well. These fucking, yeah. These, these are, that's the hard part. But the finances and stuff, it's fun. <sighs> I started rambling, dude. I was digressing a little bit, but to factor costs, you got to know your expenses. That's it. You got to know what you need to make every month and you base your pricing off of that. Uh, and again, I'm just repeating myself to translate that to a client. You got to get creative. You can, you can give them a shop tour, let them see the process from start to finish. A lot of clients only understand the ink pool. And when they see that, like when we do live events, Oh, that's so easy. Why does it cost so much? And then you have to tell them, well, this is the, the final stage. There is a lot of other steps that go up to this point. And that's the hard part that the clients don't understand. Uh, so, yeah. Hopefully that, that was good enough for you. What is a good markup for a rush order? I had one last week and it felt great about the pricing, but while talking shop with a friend, he felt it was not good enough. Curious. Our, our, I think, I can't remember what I said it at, but I think we do on a seven day, we mark the fucking living shit up out of it, dude. Like on a seven day rush, I think we'll do um, 30, 30%. And then like on a three day rush, dude, we'll do like 50, 70%. It depends on the, on the time of year. We fluctuate it based on the time of year. But you can mark the living shit up out of it. And most of the time, if they really need it, they'll pay it because they need to pay it because they fucked around to the last minute. And they understand that and they're willing to pay for their mistakes. And then you can even kind of like tone it back a little, make them feel, you know, make them feel special. But they, they will pay it. So mark the living shit out of it. And we do a percentage of the total invoice cost. Hmm. Question, okay, Digitech, 337, question, what was your first press? My first press, I made it out of all particle board and tubafores because I needed to print, and I wasn't printing garments. I was printing posters. I was printing, uh, uh, we, I called them wheat pastes at the time, but, you know, with Monument, I was trying to start a clothing brand, and I had no idea how to market it. My, uh, MySpace was just coming into fruition, so I was like, how the fuck am I going to get this in front of people? And I uh, started with stenciled posters and I would just put the monument logo on the thing and I had a MySpace page and when people saw it on the street, they go, oh, who the fuck is this? And then they go to MySpace and they find me and I built a big community around it and then I needed it to be more efficient so I built the press so that I could screen print single color posters with the monument logo on it and it went from there. Uh, but then I was like, oh shit, I wanna make this into more of something. So I started printing my own shirts with, and then I bought a four color tabletop press like those ones without micros. That was a huge mistake because without micro registration, in my opinion, a four color press is pretty much useless, in my opinion. Again, this is just my opinion, but that was my first one, man. 
it's just a homemade single color press but the four color one was one of those that you could buy off ebay it was like made at somebody's somebody was making them and they were shitty they were like 300 bucks um and then my first good press with micros was the antec legend which i still have and it it is probably the best manual screen printing press in terms of registration uh in terms of uh holding registration and in terms of how easy it is to register the biggest problem with it is the pallet deflection on the aluminum arms because there is no support where the arm comes off of the rotate rotator so there is quite a bit of flex here if it had that fixed it would be the ultimate press in my personal opinion from all what i've looked at them in terms of pallet deflection um the anatol lightning is one does a great job the Antec, the green press, I don't know which one, or not the Antec, the, um, the Vastex green press doesn't have pallet deflection. The MNR um, Chameleon doesn't have pallet deflection. And uh, that's all I can think of at the moment. But those are three of the good ones. Pallet deflection is the biggest thing, man. Micros, pallet deflection, and I love side clamps because when you have side clamps, you're – you know how a lot of the times you're, if you use static screen frames, sometimes the bar might be welded at an angle this way or this way. Uh, and then that means you have to adjust the tilt of your print head and then you're having to raise or lower it. And there's a whole bunch of steps. With side pallets, it doesn't matter. It's always – your off contact is always the same. That's why I love side clamps. They're amazing. Got to freaking love them. Rye beads. Question from your multicolor print tutorial. Oh, shit. I'm, I'm missing stuff. Question, what was your first print? Okay, uh, Dorset Print Company. Tips for rough plastisol print. You do your first print. You hit, uh, take it over to the flash. You have a blank screen with uh, some kind of ink in it and uh, a Teflon or you just spray silicone spray on the bottom of the screen. As soon as you bring it back out from around, from under the, um, the flash print, you just do a dry pull. That will flatten the fibrillation down. And then when you do your second hit of white, this shit will be butter fucking smooth. Again, you want to charge for this. It's almost like a second color. You ask the client how important the print feel is because it do, it is more labor intensive. It takes time. But that's how you cure the rough, the rough plastisol print. The other option is after you're all done with it, you can take it to a heat, a heat press, throw a, um, a Teflon sheet over the top of it, heat press it down. It'll make it really shiny, but it, it takes away that fibrillation feel that people can't stand. Uh so there you go, Desert Print Company. Sean Brady, is it cheap of me if I use my disability, I'm a quadriplegic, as a hook to get people to do business with me? Or should I find another way to bring in new clients? Motherfucker, if you got it, use it. Hell yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it's a joke or not. If it's not a joke, you keep doing what you're doing. If they're giving you new work because of it, shit. Do it. It's not cheap of you at all. Uh, Rye Beats Question From your multicolor print tutorial You zeroed out your press I know that every press is different But is there a standard way of doing it I can't seem to find an instruction for it What zeroing it out means Is you're just taking it to where it has the same Amount of travel left Travel I said fucking travel Travel From left to right and front to back. That's all zeroing it out is. So you you turn it to where it's dead stopped here. You bring it back, dead stop there. Zeroing it out just means it's got the same amount of travel in every direction. That's all it is. Most presses have some some form of zeroed out markings. Dude, I am stumbling all over words right now. This is crazy. 
but yeah, dude. So you just uh, just figure out the travel. You know what you can do? Let me. Here's a tip for it. Let me, I'm gonna try to draw a thing here. This is gonna be ridiculous. So this is your center, right? Like this is where the bolt's coming through or whatever. You push it to the tippy top point. Make a mark. Push this. That's not gonna work. I can't explain it that way. Just take it up to the highest point where it's maxing out, like front to back make a mark somewhere bring it all the way to the bottom point where it's maxing out make a mark somewhere and then just push it to where there's some kind of god damn it i can't really explain that dude it's super it's like super easy but i don't know how to verbally explain it or visually explain it because like you said every press is different but just find your range of movement and then just get it into the middle of that and then you're zeroed out hopefully that made sense dude that was like a piss poor attempt at explaining something i apologize it's the best i can do Okay, Sean is the man. What's up? Sean Brown, i.e. It seems like some static bip map images require way more side work to separate for films, which the customer is oblivious to, yet still wants the cheap rate on. Yeah, dude, like, um... Yeah, I mean, pretty much. So we like back even now. Well, now we do all of our artwork. See, dude, like I'm changing the game, and I know like a lot of you guys aren't on this level yet. But anyway, you'll get there. You can charge to, and you tell them, okay, this is anything that is a bitmap JPEG. If if it's not a vector, tell them it doesn't matter if you understand it or not. But there's going to be a ten dollar recreation fee, fifteen dollar recreation fee. If you try to charge more than that, they're going to get pissed because clients. They'll pay for everything, but universally, across the board, doesn't matter who you're dealing with, people hate paying for design work. They fucking can't stand it, which is amazing, right? Because it is truly the most crucial part of a, a quality print is the quality of the design and how good it looks and the colors they use. But people fucking hate paying for design work. Of all the things they could pay for, they'll pay thousands of dollars to get the thing printed, but they cannot stand paying $200 to have a well-made design or $300 to have well-made or $1,000. They just can't stand the idea of it. So any artwork fees that you're going to charge them have to be low and you have to explain it to them in the utmost detail. But just let them know that you're going to have to recreate it to make a good print or you can print it with what they've given you, but you cannot guarantee the quality of the print. And you tell it to them like that, they'll understand. Um, and I hope everybody have um, have a. I hope all of you guys have headed over to Instagram and followed me at Cam Irvin. Uh, headed over to iTunes and subscribe to the Print Life podcast. And I hope you're also following me on Twitter. I got two of them at Monument Ltd and at Cam Irvin. So you guys head over and follow me on all that good shit. Uh, Flex McKenzie, hope you will follow back. It will be from Rick. Okay, so you guys are interacting with each other. That's freaking awesome. Hi, how you search customers? Official Jeline, how do you search customers? Well, you get customers through the internet. You get them through word of mouth. Just, you know, do your thing, man. Who won the movie quote? Uh, Shane, the person that won that movie quote is uh, Pete Nielsen. And his Instagram is Dirthead Farms. 
but he got it like right away it's freaking me out how quick people know movie quote and i thought it was an obscure quote nope not at all i went 50 percent, but it was two days okay so lino said he went 50 percent for a two-day rush on his job i think that that's more than reasonable dude 50 percent it's legit some people say you can go 100 percent I would say that that needs to be flexible based on the quantity. Like you can't go 100% on a $5,000 job or, you know, like a $5,000 job, but you could probably go 100% on a $200 job. You know what I mean? You, you have to flex it based on the, the total. Some of it's just intuition, man. And like, I think salespeople are great because they make those calls for each individual client. Like, like it's hard to automate that kind of thing. You have to treat each individual job on a case by case basis. And you, but I think 50% was good. It depends on how much you were uh, charging for it. Our scales based on, on the volume. What's up, dude. Okay. John Brown also curious how you choose to get paid. I E I've been freelancing graphic design for 10 years and I always require half up front, half up on completion. T-shirts are different, obviously. Actually, dude, they're exactly the same. If they're local, if they're going to be picking up from you locally, you can still do a 50% deposit. We do it for local. Uh, obviously, if they're not picking up from the shop, they got to pay in full. And I would say you can kind of do the same thing with design. Actually, you can do 50% with design. Most people will not work with you unless you offer them a 50% upfront. They won't pay in full because you can easily uh, tell them to go fuck themselves. You can still do that with 50%, but... At least with 50%, they ha they they at least kind of have a guarantee that you'll try to come back and get your other 50 when the job is completed. So it makes them more secure in working with you. So definitely offer 50 up front, 50% on completion. And then just when you're delivering them, like the revisions or the samples, just make them ultra low resolution JPEGs, like really low, like 72 pixels per inch and one inch by one inch. That way they can't recreate them because sometimes they'll try to steal those and then just give them to the printer. But if you make it really low resolution to where they can basically barely preview it, at least you're kind of saving yourself a little bit because you're giving them low quality previews. Bigfoot Sam, what up, dude? What's up, man? Uh, do you use a program or software to keep your orders in check in your shop? If so, what? We have built a custom shop management software. It is uh, completely proprietary. You can't get anything like it. But I will tell you this, Printavo fucking kicks ass for shop management across the board. Inksoft's shop management system sucks ass, but they have an incredible online designer. Uh, and the Deco Network, it's kind of their their shop management system is kind of like a an Excel spreadsheet, which I can't stand, but it works really well, and a lot of people love Excel spreadsheets. But if you're me, and I tested them out and I used them for quite some time, Printavo shop management fucking thumbs up dude they're good try them out just test them out and they're super cheap to try out they're not very expensive vector okay bigfoot sam he also downloaded a program called vector magic ah uh, okay yeah so if you guys didn't see that he said try vector magic saves a ton of time with real shitty artwork i'm gonna try that out as well my friend i'll see i'll see what's up with it uh, Emlyn Charlie, Emlyn Charlie on YouTube. How do you choose your paint? Uh, we call it ink, but no harm, no foul. I've chosen our current set of inks from freaking trial and error. I've tried all the brands, I've tried all the stuff, and I came to my conclusions. But this was about three years ago, 
I'm getting ready to do another test specifically with white inks and find out which one I like best. And the best part of that is, is when I do it, I'm going to share it with you guys and tell you my findings. So, but we, our shop is due for an overhauling of what we've been using up to this point. Right now, I really, really, really like Union Bright Cotton White for anything non-polyester. And we actually use a, a low cure additive to print that on poly shit. Um, or we use a water-based white, which gives it like a beautiful, like water-based white is amazing, but it's hard to print. And we've been struggling. This is the, one of the main reasons we're considering automating to, to uh, make it easier to print water-based white. Uh, let us see. Is there em Emlyn Charlie again on YouTube says, is there any tips you have to give someone that is just starting yeah, and you know, I give those pretty often and a lot of people are just getting started in this business. Uh, enjoy the ride. This business is really easy to get into, but it's hard to scale. If you're using it as a supplement to your day job, you're going to love it and it's going to make you a ton of goddamn money. A ton of extra money on top of your day job. If you're trying to turn it into a full-time business, uh I'll let you know once I figured out how to to make the big bucks with it because I'm not there yet. I've got a lot of plans. We're trying a lot of things, but when you're self-financed, everything takes for fucking ever. So settle in for that. Unless you unless you're independently wealthy or you got family gonna throw you a chunk of money and they don't care if you get it back, get ready for everything to take a long time because it does. And never take out a loan for a business. Do not take out a loan. Do not take out a loan. No, it's crazy because businesses fail all the time. So don't take out a loan. And as far as getting customers, Craigslist is your best friend. Craigslist customers are a pain in the ass, but it's a great way to get started. And um, you gotta build your website. You need your website. The website is everything. You know, it's the new phone book. It used to be the yellow pages. Now it's the website. Now it's Facebook. And Facebook is starting. Facebook is, I didn't understand it for a long time, but now I'm getting to people search on Facebook now. They still mainly search on Google, but they are also starting to do to to search Facebook for services, which for the longest time that wasn't the case, but it is starting to now. Okay, patient saint. Is it better to use an ink pigment system instead of buying ink? I believe so. Uh, and also, the really neat thing about a pigment system, or you know, it's a mixing system, like with Wilflex's PC or Union, they have one. I can't remember what it was anymore, but th they offer all these different bases, so you can get a soft hand base, you can get an athletic base, you can get a stretch base, you can get a, a high op uh, an opaque base. You can you basically have an entire fucking warehouse of inks utilizing a base and just a handful of pigments about 15 pigments and you're good to go it's i love them but they are more labor intensive because mixing colors especially plastisol ink is a pain in the ass and everyone in your shop will dread doing it but they are better but they suck it sucks mixing it so you want both you and what we do is we stock our main colors the reds the blue so that we don't have to mix that and then we just do any pantone matching utilizing our uh, mixing system and if we need to do like a soft hand base then we'll use the mixing system or if we need to do uh if we need to create a custom color and low cure it we'll use that excuse me 
Yeah, Flex McKenzie. No loan, no loan, no loan. Fabio Gutierrez. I really suck at drawing and been looking for vector packages. Any recommendations? Well, I mean, vectoring is kind of drawing anyway. If you can't illustrate, a vector program won't help. Um, in terms of like clip art, dude, Inksoft's library is getting crazy. They they are truly putting in time to create. Just they're just hooking you up. Just the hundred fifty dollar monthly fee, uh, just for the clip art alone is valuable. And it's getting bigger. All the, they're constantly so like in two more years, their library is going to be even goddamn bigger. Uh, and then there's all these other I can't remember them like Go Media or something. It's been so long since I bought them, but they sell uh, vector packs for anywhere between ten and a hundred dollars for a vector pack, and it's you know different mascots and shit like that. Uh, uh, Ninad Milovejic. I can't say this, but Ninad, do you wear Next Level T right now? Do you recommend them above all? I love Next Level because I'm tall and like lanky. And next level is cut, slim, and long. So I can wear an extra large and it fits me kind of like a traditional large with a little bit more length. But like if you're not built long and lanky, then I don't think next level is necessarily the best for you. Like, cause I don't like, I'm not like a dude that likes to have all my shit all sucked in and tight or anything like that. But if you like that look, next level. If you don't like that look, Bella is awesome. Uh, right now, I really, really love the Anvil 780. I gotta start doing those garment reviews. I got to. I'm just trying to find my model option because I don't have access to a model other than Alex and myself, and we're both like tall and lanky. But I want like a an average person model. I was just thinking about using a, a dummy, like a a mannequin, but that's kind of creepy. But I gotta start doing those T-shirt reviews. Dorset Print Company, are you doing much discharge prints? Uh, is looking to start doing this, and do you have any tips? We do discharge all the time, especially on the white and multi. We do a lot of discharging. Um, yeah, the tips. There's there's a lot of tips for it. We've we've learned a few tricks of the trade. One of them I actually shared in one of these podcasts is after you mix it up, blah 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 blah. My guys figured this one out. This is like a fucking game changing tip to us. But keep them cold. So to keep your inks, we actually bought a free a fridge that we keep right next to the press. You keep them suckers in that little mini fridge, and when you take them out, you ink up, you put them back in there. It keeps it cool. When it's cool, the water doesn't evaporate as fast, so you get longer print runs out of it. It's just something we figured out. It's an amazing little tip. Uh, they don't last for more than 24 hours, and if you can keep your shop temperature down, great. Don't let fans or anything like that blow on your screens or anywhere near your workstation because they will pre they will prematurely dry your ink out. Uh, and use a lot of downward pressure to really get that ink to drive into the fabric. Doing really good discharge prints, we figured it out based just on building strength alone. But they are they turn out a lot better with a, with an automatic just because you can give a consistent hard downward pressure. Tom D, what do you think about adding stretch additive and low cure to poly blocking ink or soft hand to loosen it up? We do that. We do that a lot, actually. Um, mainly the low cure. We've we actually we've gotten to the point now where we're pretty much adding low cure to fucking everything because there's so many blend options in there. But the stretch additive, we do it. We we add it pretty often. Anything that's not 100% cotton, we add a stretch additive to it. 
and it, it gives it this really cool feel it gives it almost like a higher quality feel i don't know i love the stretch additive but again sometimes it just comes down to your time and the job and what the customer wants uh, Alan Ombina, have you heard of AS Color? Great blank. They're actually one of the best. The rep came by not too long ago. I love them. I would. Uh, we want to continue to offer them, but right now we're all about automation, and they're not. They don't offer the kind of situation we need at the moment, just as far as the, uh, their their fulfillment services. But yes, AS Color has the best blank garment you can buy right now. I think they're out of Australia, if I remember correctly. Flex, uh... okay, uh, Alan Albina, how much choke do you put on a manual press? He's talking about for the underbase. We do, uh, I do a one point choke with center aligned, which is technically a 0.5 choke. So we choke our shit very little, but that's because we have the Antec legend, which holds registration like, and it's like, it's amazing. If you have registration issues, an illustrator, you'll do a, a a full one point choke um, aligned inside the graphic. That'll give you more than enough room to work with. Um, and don't do over traps. Don't do trap. Don't trap your graphics. That just trapping looks like shit. You need to do a butt registration on that. If you absolutely have to trap everything because your registration just doesn't hold up well, you're going to have to flash every color uh, and always do the lightest color first and build up to the darker colors. If you have to trap everything. So one point if you have bad registration issues. Anything more than that, you're going to start seeing like weird like transparencies on the side of the print and all kinds of stuff, and you won't be happy with it. Do you, Fabio Gutierrez, do you label, tag your shirts? Those little tags on the sleeve are traditional back collar. We offer the sewing services. So we'll sew it in. We'll sew it on the thing. Not many people are doing it right now because in the clothing world, people just aren't taking their brands seriously. But when I first started, I did a fucking ton of it. And yeah, we would sew the little thing. The clients would provide them and we would just sew them on for them in the thing or on the thing. And then we also just do the relabel print, the neck, the neck uh, printed things, which a lot of people liked. I always just liked the hang tag. You know what's funny? When I was in high school, I collected the little labels from like my favorite brands at the time. So I love the little sewn hem tags. I think that they add a touch of quality that every brand should do. But brands don't take themselves seriously. See, here's the thing about people in the in the streetwear game. They don't actually want a streetwear brand. They just want a business that's easy to run that makes them fucking money. If they were going to take their shit seriously, they would be putting labels on their stuff, man. They just don't. People don't take shit seriously anymore. Everyone's just trying to find a quick, make a quick buck. But, yes, if they wanted them, we can do them. Um, any advice on curing with a flash dryer until one can afford a conveyor dryer? Yeah, just uh, put the, the yeah, dude. It's just the same. They're all it's all the same. Um, don't have any wind blowing. Like if you're trying to get a good cure, you can kind of put the flash over it, and I got a and you, you back and forth it a little bit. You know, make sure you're getting full coverage. <laughs> Um, and that way it's not just directing all its heat right on the center. It's kind of moving the center of the heat around a little bit. Uh, you can also pop it off. Like after everything's ready to go and you're doing the full cure, you can lift it off the pallet to let a little bit of air get underneath the shirt. And that will also help, help the heat drive into the, into the ink itself. When you pull it off the pallet a little bit, um, 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 do a stretch test. Like when you're doing the flash, use a heat gun to make sure you're hitting 320 degrees. Also, okay. This is another thing. Um, 
that's pretty much it actually that's it I, again I got yeah that's pretty much it uh, speaking of inks Rybeats has anyone used fusion 180 inks I saw them on Instagram me too my friend I just ordered four quarts of different colors from them we're gonna be testing them out and I will let you know uh, as far as the cure time about 15 seconds for a full 15 maybe 20 seconds for a full cure with a flash unit uh, yeah, it's Fusion 180 inks. This is from Rybeats. I'm ordering them now. They should be here in the next couple of days, and we're going to do some testing with that. They are um, they are all, all low-cure inks. They're supposedly very opaque, and we just got to see what the final print quality looks like. And here's a, a fact, reality. Someone asked earlier about getting fibrillation down and making the ink smooth. A lot of that comes from the releasing properties of the ink from the mesh. Like if it's a really sticky ink, it doesn't release from the mesh very well and it causes a lot of fibrillation. Whereas like Union Ink has this really great releasing properties from the mesh which cuts down on fibrillation big time. So ink matters and the way it flows matters. So, so Rye Beach, you did try Fusion Ink. You're using it right now. Does it print easy? How do you, how do you like it? Anyway, guys, I have been babbling on for a long, long, long time now. Um, so I'm going to do my outro, and I'm going to get out of this mapaca. We'll see you guys next Wednesday, but where's my outro thing? I have it written down because I can't remember it. Ah, fuck it. Uh, so anyone who's here, thank you for tuning in. This was a hell of a lot of fun. Anisha, thank you for tuning in. Rye, thank you for tuning in. Blue Crossbones, I think you're really, really, really late. Okay, well, I'm going to answer this question real quick. Blue crossbones. How long should your exposure uh, how long should you expose thinner style fonts? It's all the same and it depends on the exposure unit you're using. Like our you, you exposure unit in here uses the metal halide and it takes about a minute. Uh, if you're using like a halogen exposure unit, usually right around the the 2 to 3 minute mark will work. If you're using the sun, 30 seconds. Depends on your exposure unit. You have to do testing. You have, like any new exposure unit, you have to test your limits. You got to get like a, um, like print out a halftone chart on films, right? Print out like a 45 line halftone, a 55, a 65, a 75, and then put that on a bunch of screens, like 280s, and start finding out where things are holding and when you're washing them out and where they're blowing out. Just just make a halftone testing sheet and uh do the exposures wash them out and you'll and you'll figure out what the minutes are based on that but every exponent every exposure unit is different uh guys i'm sorry if you made it in late but thank you for tuning in i'm gonna end this thing because i'm burning the hell out um everyone as soon as this is over head over to itunes throw me a subscribe to the podcast what i basically do is at the end of this recording i'm uploading it to itunes and you can listen to it on your iphone or on your all that shit it's also on google play but throw me a subscribe, and I need reviews on the podcast. I need a five-star review, and I need you to say something nice. So say something nice to your boy. Um, also, head over to Instagram. Follow me, Cam Irvin on Instagram, Cam Irvin on Twitter, and also Monument LTD on Twitter. Submit your shop news with a direct message on Instagram, and if and I'll, I'll share it. I did it today. It went well, it was fun, and, and I was also giving you guys a little bit of shout-outs. So direct message me your news on Instagram after you've subscribed to me, of course. If you're not subscribed, you can't direct message me. And if you're not subscribed, uh, oh, and also if, you, also, if you direct message me your news, 
and it's good and you've given me some concise details like a good write-up that i can actually use uh then i'm gonna follow you back on instagram otherwise i'm not following back i might we'll see but anyway guys this has been an awesome feed thank you so much for tuning in we'll see you next wednesday um i'm gonna try shooting this one a little later again we're gonna go for 7 p.m next wednesday i'm just trying to find the right time we didn't have a huge a huge ton of people in this feed so we're gonna try 7 p.m next wednesday so everybody tune in let's see how that goes uh i love y'all y'all are the best for watching me do this silly shit see you next week print family Peace out.